This is Leslie Richards, and you're listening to The Real Kathy Lee. And one thing that you might not know about Kathy Lee is that she can make you laugh so hard in a hotel room that security gets called every time. Hey, you're listening to The Real Kathy Lee on the Ultimate Homeschooling Radio Network. Thanks for joining me as I share my mom sessions. It's basically my imperfect journey of motherhood. Be prepared to laugh. Maybe cry, but hopefully you're going to be encouraged as I share my failures, successes, and offer some tips I've learned along the way. And remember, you've got this. Welcome to The Real Kathy Lee. We are on episode eight. Leslie, I say that every time. I always talk about the episodes. So I just gave you a little hint of who is here today. Leslie Richards. All right. So Leslie, oh my goodness, so many things I can say about Leslie. I'll have to tell you how I first met Leslie. She shows up at my house after I have a baby with all this food that was amazing. And so even if I hadn't liked her, I would have had to be friends with her because the food was so good. I knew that I needed to be around that food a lot. And I think I've probably gained 20 pounds because of <laughs> eating. So Leslie, that's you how we started. You are fun to feed. <laughs> I do love some food. And Leslie makes the best. So we became friends and then... Um, what's really cool is that now we are business partners. So I have invited Leslie to join us today. I thought as summer is approaching, some of you might be burned out on what to do with your kids and how do you really make it happen. And so Leslie and I are talking about something fun um, to share with you guys. And she suggested this topic and I love it. So we are going to talk today about art. You know, all the things that surround art for little kids and why it's important and how do you do it and what about that mess. So I hope you will stay with us and listen up. So Leslie Richards, mama of five, she's got babies old to young like I do. She has been at this homeschooling gig for a long time. And like I said previously, she is the co-owner with me of the Homegrown Preschooler and co-author of both the Homegrown Preschooler and A Year of Playing Skillfully. So welcome, Leslie. Well, thank you very much. We should tell them we are sitting on your porch, beautiful screen room, having a lovely drink and lovely conversation. Listening to the birds. Listening to the birds. So if you hear our birds, we're outside. Yeah, if they were only here. So beautiful spring. It was storming yesterday here in Atlanta and it's in the 80s today. So, But uh, the pollen is gone, so praise God. Yeah, man, that pollen is something nasty. Yeah, (laughs) it's still a little here. We won't share. All right, let's get to art. So Les, um, look, on the real Kathy Lee, I know Leslie loves research, so get ready. She's going to give you all the details behind it you know me I'm going to tell you to open some paint and let them at it um, but Leslie's going to give you some good information so let's start there Les why is art important for children okay well and I want to start by saying too that art is important for everyone I agree. art is important for moms and dads too and there's something about um being creative that is so good for us. Art is something that makes us human. We're created in the image of God and he is a creator. And we honor our maker when we honor that creative part of ourselves. And creativity and the arts are sanctioned and encouraged as a divine calling. And I think it's important, just as important for our children, I think, for moms to take that creative part of themselves. Like, before we even start with kids, let's just start there, because I know you talk about a lot about that, about moms um, not getting lost. Yeah. And so, as you think about art for your kids and these fun little projects for your kids, me 
maybe in the back little corner of your mind, think about a way that you like to be creative. Kathy is like an awesome decorator and she can make parties look pretty and can make her house just look like the most amazing place on like no money. It's incredible. Um, that's her gift, and she's creative like that. Mm. And you love a blank palette, right? Like I of do. a house. <laughs> I do love that. So yeah. we were talking about building a house or moving, and I want to die at making all those choices. But that's her way of being creative. Mm. I like to paint. I like to cook. That's my way. So honor that part of yourself, too, before we even think about that. For every fun, creative project you do for your kids, you should do one for yourself, too. It is true, and I think the more excited you get about something, it's easier to get your kids excited about it. And I think art, you know, either, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like either you love art or you really don't like art much at all. Well, I don't... we all love being creative. No, we do. I agree. Yes, but I think we get way. stuck in a box sometimes. Yeah. Oh, I'm not very crafty yeah. or I'm not very artsy. But you're right. If you look at it more as more of we do all love a creativity and we yeah. need to express it in some way. And as we get excited about expressing it, like, of course, my kids, they get excited about decorating. Mm-hmm. I, I see it in my little Sarah. She decorated her room recently and redid it. And it's because her mom loves that too. Creativity Your kids are in there cooking all the yeah. time because you're a great cook. And it's it contagious. So it really is. I, I'm glad that you said that to start. Now, the, the other thing, I think it's really important, especially if you're dealing with something that might be out of your comfort zone. Like, a lot of moms think, oh my gosh, art, it's messy, or I don't have time, or whatever. It's good to have the big picture in mind long-term. And there are long-term reasons for doing art with your little kids that have big payoffs. Um, I really think that a love for art makes other subjects more accessible on down the road. Um, Art, over time, has never occurred in a vacuum. It's a product of whatever's been going on in society at that time. Wars, times of peace, different philosophies, different government styles. Artists interact with their times and they create these doors that we can walk through and experience Mm. history and ideas in a sensory way. So if we're preparing our little kids to have art be successful for, you know, accessible for them, it's going to be easier for them to access philosophy, to access history later on and different ideas in different times. And I I think it just makes them more open-minded to be able to view the world through a different lens. And I think people struggle with that now because they only view history through their current lens. And I just think it will help over time. Um, That's one big picture reason. Another big picture that I don't think people really understand is that When you have a preschooler, for example, you have this little brain that is developing the cognitive network that they're going to have for their whole entire life. And art is an extremely cognitive process. Um, And the teenager drives up if you're hearing that. (laughs) That's awesome. That's why this is called the real Kathy Yeah, this is the real thing. The loud music, fast car driving by. The nice, quiet porch. The birds are all scared. Um, (laughs) Anyway, art is deeply cognitive. And one of the really neat things about the brain is when they do studies, when they allow people to produce art... There was a study recently in Germany. It's a 10-week study. And 
what they found was when they, they allowed people to produce art every week, every day, over 10-week period, there was an increase in the gray matter on both sides of the brain. That's incredible. And the connectors across both sides of the brain. And I think we kind of tend to think of people as being either right-brained or left-brained or creative or not. But this study showed this increase across both sides of the brain. It's really rare to have an activity light up both sides of the brain like right. that. Um, more and more, we're learning that art isn't an innate ability. A lot of it comes from training and exposure and upbringing. It also just decreases stress levels. So, I mean, if things are getting overwhelming in your homeschool and tension is running a little high um, with kids, it's a great way to bring the stress down. Um, I think also when we have exposure to art and we see paintings, when they do MRI studies, it shows that when people look at paintings and process art, there's something in the brain that's almost active as though they're seeing the paint go onto the canvas, the way the brain processes it. And it gives the brain this pleasant feeling and reward, the experience of reward is triggered in the brain and provides that that um, that hormone, that feel-good yeah. hormone. And so... Like an endorphin, almost. Yeah, there, yeah. So there's... And that's better than getting it from the ping off the cell phone, yeah, you know, which yeah. also, um, also produces that. And so I think giving your kids finger paint when they're two, that's a valuable activity that's going to pay way off. And so I think always... As moms, we got to think long term, and and it is a really valuable activity. Something I say all the time in parenting: parenting is a marathon and not a sprint. Yes, and I think even with art, it is right. You're investing a little along the way that hopefully is going to have this valuable mm-hmm. payoff in the end. And so you're right. When you make a batch of play doh and it gets all over your floor, you might not think that's very valuable. Yeah. Or when you offer up some art supplies and you let them go at it and they spill some on the floor, you might question. Is this really worth it? Mm -hmm. But at the end, when you see children who never have to struggle to be creative in their art, maybe they're struggling a little more in learning technique, but at least the creative side is there because from the get-go, they've been given permission to take risks. They've not been criticized for their um, process because our expectations were in check. Then maybe you see more how it pays off. So let's go to, let's talk about our little ones because a lot of moms listen to our podcast that have preschoolers. What should our look like for preschoolers? Should it be the pumpkin where you give them the eyes that they must put in the right place? Is that appropriate art for preschoolers or what should Mm, it look like? That's a really good question. I was thinking back to a lot of the art that I did when I was little. And it's, it's like, I can remember the construction paper cutouts, Mm. but only because they were taped all over the window and I couldn't see out. (laughs) I don't actually remember making them. But what I do remember is more of the process art, the painting to music. And, and I think it's because that's what was developmentally appropriate at the time. Yes. And, and I think that when we're talking about preschoolers, we need to make sure that we're most of what we're doing, and there are some exceptions, but most of what we're doing, the end product should not be the primary focus. We should be giving them different mediums that they have access to 
without a lot of instruction. We so, should let them explore. And let's, let's list some of those. Like, we love paint. We love shaving cream. We love colored shaving cream. Um, I love glue for young children. They yeah. will totally use too much, so be okay. prepared for now, that. Now, don't freak out because we're going to talk to you in a few minutes about how to keep this down. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Some of you are listening to this and you're, like, running to turn it off because you're you're hearing about all this mess. But believe me, we can teach you to do it. I love a clean house more out. than anybody I know. That is true. And uh, my kids have painted probably more than anybody I yes. know, too. So you can balance it, and it is all about balance. But what we're saying, that process... Art is the kind where the experience is the lesson. Yes. Not that we are making dinosaurs today or we are making turtles today, but we are, we might see a real turtle and decide to go get some paint and paint it just on easel paint. That's what we're talking about. And, you know, I I, I do want to bring up something overall about parenting is that I think especially homeschool moms can put some toxic expectations on their kids because their product is your report card. I mean, let's face it. I mean, that's how you feel. And that's toxic for you and it's toxic for them. And I think this process art is a really good exercise for moms to kind of let them go and be who they are. So you want to ask yourself when you're doing art with your kids, two questions. Will I be upset if the end result doesn't look a certain way? When they put the mouth where the yes. nose should go. and <laughs> Or do I have a preconceived notion about what the end result should be? And if your child is between the ages of, I mean, like really five and under. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Maybe even a little bit farther yeah. than that. It's kind of a little bit of a spectrum there. It should be process. It should not be. Now, I'm not saying that crafts, in quotation marks, don't have any value. Sometimes they're useful for fine motor cutting skills um, or listening skills. Put this here first. Put that there second. But I don't think that's art. But I think let's do I, an 80 20. Okay, right. That's yeah. a project. It's not art. It's, it's not art. It is listening skills and yeah. and it's fine motor skills. Mm-hmm. It's not art. Um, there's a time to learn those techniques, but right now... With these little ones, it's process. And so we're going to let them use the material. We're not going to give them a lot of instruction. And we're going to get into some of our favorite projects in a little bit. Yeah. The second thing with young kids is I think exposure more than anything else. And when I say exposure, I mean have art around your house. It's so cheap and easy to have nowadays. You can take any masterpiece and put it on your screensaver on your computer or on your phone. You can print out pieces from most museums and hang them up on your wall and and try to think back. Can you remember the pictures that were hanging in your parents' house? Like in detail, like can you visualize them? Because I can. I can visualize the paintings that hung in my grandparents' house. Yes, I remember the Lord's Supper painting. I'm sure it was not an original. <laughs> but you know, let I do remember. It. I know, it's in their dining room. Yeah, yeah. And pleasantly. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so I think exposure, and I don't think you don't have to know anything about it. Pick what you like and hang it up. Yes. You know, the other thing I love is Barnes and Noble has that discount section. There are always tons of big art books that are huge with nice thick paper. And those are terrific for mm. young kids to be able to look at and have access to. 
Um, so, and I think stopping when you do see a nice piece of art, stopping and letting your children look at it and yes. and point out some of the things you notice, ask them some good questions yeah. about that art, just to get them to be aware that that's what it is. And I always say, identify the artist, just yeah. like I do in a book. Identify yeah. the author so that they understand yeah. when they paint, they too are yeah. an artist. And they how understand do you think how they made together. that? I always ask, how do you think they made that? Does Absolutely. it look like marker? Does yes. it look like crayon? Yes. Hmm. You know, I think those are pastels, and maybe we should buy some of that. I mean, that, right. And I'm a big fan of like books with illustrations that are imitation worthy and whatnot. Um, I think the other thing is is that conversation about art and there's so many artists like van gogh is is really accessible for kids because he uses big swirls and bright colors and little kids love yellow big yellow swirly things that they can imitate easily um other things like um dale chaluli is one of my favorites he's a glass blowing artist and we have a wonderful art study in our curriculum a year of playing skillfully um where we try to imitate some of the beauty that we see him doing and he makes these wild pieces i mean they are crazy they look like giant swirly bright sea creatures they're blown glass and kids think they're phenomenal i mean it's so fun to see kids see them and when you talk to children about them and you say do do you think that's pretty they're like yeah you know well why? And almost always they'll tell you it's either the color or the shape, right? Yeah. Now they're yeah. five. They can't blow glass, right? But they could make something the same color. They can make something the same shape. And I think at the end of the day, what we want is adults that when they see bits of truth and beauty and goodness in the world, that they feel a responsibility to replicate the parts that they can where they can, right? Yes, yeah. That's what we want at the end of the day. And, and so, you do that a lot through cooking. And my yeah, goodness, your food I mean, is beautiful. Hopefully when I do a house or decorate a house, it is lovely. Yeah, and some but people do it through gardening. Abs- even, oh, my goodness. Taking seed um, cuttings yes. and, and making things bloom. Beautiful, yes. And so... So I think even there's there's always aspects of any art that you can look at with your kids that they are capable of replicating. Right. You can give them paper and the same colors of paint and let them make similar shapes. When as I'm sitting on your porch looking at spring here now and things are blooming and I see even that is one of my favorites when my children were small is we would bring colored pencils outside and we would sit by a tree and just and I would invite them to draw what they saw and and just as they would grab the green which is the color I think you would grab here in Georgia right now quickly that being able to see it being able to replicate mm-hmm. it immediately there is some great value in that for them and a great reward for them to be able to instantly even if um you know it might not look like much to our adult eyes no. it is so beautiful to them and we should acknowledge that too acknowledge their work well and I think um, too giving them good tools absolutely um one of the things that I love that that one my favorite product that we sell is that color mixing kit yes because of the clear pipettes if they're outside they're painting they can mix their color pull it up in the pipette hold it up in front of the bush or the flower or yeah. whatever until they get the right color so that they can actually replicate what they're looking at. And Absolutely. I think I could go on a major rant that would take up the whole podcast about <laughs> how we give children these terrible art products and expect them 
to have any feeling of confidence. I mean, there's so many people who think they can't draw, they can't paint, but it's because nobody ever gave them the right tools. Not only the right tools, but the expectations were out of whack. You Mm -hmm. know I'm not a fan of a coloring book, you know, because I think immediately that restricts children, frustrates Mm -hmm. children. They begin to see art as I can't, I'm not good enough, Mm -hmm. versus if you give them this blank piece of paper and lovely materials to use, it is always a win-win. It's attractive. And they succeed at it, and that success builds confidence, and then they dare to try it again. Mm -hmm. But when we give them these um, unrealistic expectations they give up and they won't try i've met so yep. many adults who said they gave up on art because they felt they weren't good at it when they were younger either yep. by what the adults said or by the mm-hmm. expectations were too high on the project itself absolutely yeah all right so what are some of your favorite projects oh my goodness oh boy one of the ones that i really love um that's also in our curriculum is our clay tree faces oh that is so fun and that's a great thing to do in the summer when the weather's good so what we did is we went to michael's we bought a big old blob of modeling clay yes and we got it wet and we smacked it onto a tree at the child's height and put a bucket of water underneath do we? Yeah, we yeah. put a bucket of water uh-huh. underneath, and we let them make sculpt faces. And it's such a big hunk of clay, it'll take like three or four days at least for it to dry. And so they keep going out and reforming it and finding rocks and sticks and flowers and to for make features. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. We have, a, like, the friendliest woods ever. <laughs> um, but... Th- but the cool thing about that art project is that they thought they were just having, like, messy clay fun, but they were really working the fine muscles and the fingers for writing later on. That was a cool experience. Just process great sensory, art. right? A great yeah, sensory, sensory project. Um, gosh, the tongue painting. You, you got to talk about tongue painting. <laughs> That's painting one of our favorites. Has been, gosh, it's an oldie but a goodie. Tongue painting is corn syrup or you can use agave nectar and you just put it on a small paper plate with some food coloring, just a couple of different colors to allow them to mix and literally they use their tongue as a paintbrush. So again, another sensory um, it is one that they can explore the taste of that. Little toddlers mm-hmm. are going to eat it all gone and think yeah. it's snack time. But it is lovely. And, again, it shows that the end result is going to vary greatly. They've learned to mix. They've discovered color. If you do, you know, do different colors, they'll discover that they mix and create a new color. And it is something that is lovely. You can mm-hmm. put a magnet on it, stick it on the yep. fridge if that's your thing. Okay, so we're probably freaking some people out okay, with Okay, let's talk about painting. mess. Yeah. So, yeah, let's just talk about, all right. Okay. If we're being honest, it sounds great, and we've probably fired up a few women to go to the Michaels and get some supplies, but what do you do about the mess? Okay. A couple things that I've learned about that is that, number one, you can adjust the place. Nobody is asking you to do art in your living room, or <laughs> you don't even have to do it on your kitchen table. I mean, I've done art in some really strange places. The bathtub is one of my favorite places with little kids because you can just you can set them in there with the supplies and you can easily wipe that sucker out with some cleaner. Um, the inside of a shower enclosure in our old house we had a glass shower enclosure, and you can give them paint and let them go to town and a little Clorox cleanup at the end. And the mess is gone. Yes. But and and I have written many a paper with a high school student on the bathroom floor 
while a little one painted my shower enclosure. And well, and so, that's one of the reasons we came up with the plexiglass easel. Exactly. Give so people we get, that yeah. idea. Um, so, yeah, we do. We have woodworking plans for our plexiglass easel, which can stay outdoors. You can leave different mediums in there. That's in our book, The Homegrown Preschooler. And I love tabletop easels are fun mm-hmm. um, because they're easy just to pull up and it gets the... Um, it gets the paper at a different angle for the children, yes. and then it's easy to put away. And it doesn't get paint on your table. Right. Um, so I would use the tub, the shower. I always buy old beach towels at garage sales so I can spread those out. And I to use old picnic table, um, table. Oh, the plastic ones? Yeah, yes. That works well, too. Um, your porch. You know, I have a bench out on our porch that I will set things out on. Also, uh, Lakeshore Learning has plastic trays that you can kind of put everything in and, and instruct them to, to, to keep it in the tray. So I would think about a space that you're okay with. The other thing is, is that I would adjust the amounts that you give kids. And I think that when a kid says, can I paint? It can strike fear into the heart of any mother because you're thinking about how much time it's going to take to clean it up and the mess it's going to make and whatnot. Um, but I would say, ask yourself, how much am I okay saying yes to? Because, you know, just about anybody would be okay saying yes to a teaspoon of paint in the bottom of a little plastic condiment cup from Walmart that you can throw away when you're done and a Q-tip. And it is amazing how happy they will be with enough paint in the bottom of that cup so that even if they shook it, it wouldn't fall out on the table. And just using that Q-tip yes. to dot the paper, and you are the best mom in the world because you said yes to painting. You don't have to give them the whole bottle. You don't have to let them roll in it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> They really might well, want to roll I mean, in they it, can. Yeah. You could do that, but yeah, have the hose ready right, and yeah. do it outside. But... But my point is saying yes with a small amount. Try to figure out how you can say yes. Yeah, and I always say, instead of saying why, why do you want to paint? Why not? And then Mm -hmm. I always had, um, when my kids were little, I had dedicated shelves where I just kept art supplies. So it was easy to say yes. Mm -hmm. It was easy for me to get to. Because the other thing is, you're like, I've got to get out the cups. I've got to get out the Mm Q-tips. I've got to find the Q-tips. I've got to. But I kept all the art supplies in dedicated areas so that I knew right where it was. And that made it easy to say yes. Easy to get out. Easy to put Mm -hmm. away. And I thought that was very helpful. Now, the other thing that that you can do is you can get one of those plastic dollar store shoe boxes, right? Get some of the condiment cups from Walmart. They're, like, with the paper plates and whatnot, and they have little plastic lids. Like, if you were going to send salad dressing in a lunch or something. Put a little bit of paint, a couple of colors, a little bit of paint in the bottom, glue, you know, um, sprinkles, pom-poms, whatever you want to do. But fill up a few of those, stick it in that in that um, shoe box, that plastic shoe box, with a pack of baby wipes, right? Yeah. And stack a couple of those up in your cupboard so that if they say, can I paint? You can go, here you go. Absolutely. You know, you can do a month's worth of little boxes to hand them. And if the baby wipes are in there, you didn't give them enough paint. Any more right. paint than can be wiped up. Yeah, so. and easy things to do if you're wondering. You can get old magazines. Let the children rip oh, the magazines large. themselves because yeah. that's great. Fine motor skills. That's also great if you have kids who are angry. It's a super duper oh, temper yeah. tantrum solver. And then let them glue those. Um, yes. That's a great way to start the dream boards that you know yes, I love. The kids book dreaming making, of things they love. Can you talk about the hungry book? Because I just love that story. <laughs> so the, uh, the hungry book is something we did that my little Henry, bless him, has been hungry since 
since day one. And <laughs> so one day I was teaching math to the older kids and he and his little buddy came in. They were so hungry. And sure enough, because I had it again, I already had magazines. I had scissors. I had glue. I had construction paper. It was easy for me to say to Henry, Henry, go make a book. So Henry and his friend, they went and they tore out pictures of all this food they wanted to eat. And he glued it on his construction paper. And then he came back and he wrote the storyline to go with it. And it was like, I'm so hungry. I can't stand it. I need to eat right now. You know, basically. I am going to Before die. I die. <laughs> you know, and when I eat this food, it will all be delicious. And I will be happy and full. The end. And then but, he, I remember that he said, and this is going to be great when this finally all goes yeah, down. It all <laughs> but it was easy to get to that point. Point because I had the materials ready. And I do think for me as a mom, the times I say no or the times I am frustrated are mostly the times when I've not done what I was supposed to mm-hmm. do. I didn't get the art stuff in a good place or I didn't have things. They were all over the place. It was hard to say yes. But when I had them handy, it, it made it easier. So um, what about some resources, some go-to places that yes. we tell these moms? I know we both have our favorites. Let's yeah. share some of those. Okay. Um... For younger kids, I love discount school supply. And I would say in the beginning of the year, invest in some liquid watercolor, some um, tempera paint. Which um, I love their biocolor paint yeah, that they their have. Yeah, their biocolor. It's good. Some good brushes. I love Lakeshore Learning has some nice brushes and paint cups that you can use and for different things. And they even have smocks if that's your yeah. thing. They sell those. Um, and, although we use old daddy shirts for uh, Yeah, those. button-up shirts are great. Fine. Yeah. Um, but invest in the beginning of the year and yeah. make yourself a little art cart. Ikea has a great little rolling cart yes. right now that you can keep all your supplies on that's really Roll cheap in the closet and cute. When you don't want it out. And- um, but I, I think that's one of my favorite things. Um, the book Drawing, Drawing for Children is wonderful. Marianne Cole's art books are phenomenal. For There's a preschool art one. The, I mean, she's got something great for just about every Yeah, age. the big messy art book. She's yes. got toddler art books. She's great got the great artist, artist which book. introduces yes. um, you to some of the Now, if you don't want to plan anything, we've already planned out a year of playing skillfully of art art wonderful art projects for you so um that's a great resource too absolutely um i and i think too i'm i'm trying to think what else oh school supply sales in the beginning of the year when you can rack up and we're big fans of going out going to conventions miller pad and paper oh, our favorite miller, they have paper, great rock. different things yes um for you to look at oh, there uh, also um hodgepodge mom on Facebook has the chalk pastel um, tutorials that are wonderful for preschoolers. That and I never really thought about using pastels for preschoolers, mm-hmm. but um, I love her tutorials that I've seen are really amazing. Pinterest, of course, is like a gold mine, it but don't is. get distracted because you can yeah. look at. Pinterest and, and like then, never ever do anything. Right, I was gonna say I I can't even do that because yeah, I, get I can't tell you the last time I've looked yeah. at Pinterest actually. Um, all right, and where does a mom go? Like they're doing this with their preschoolers, but where do they go from here? Are they their kids are moving up. Maybe we've got a mom listening. And yeah. What does art look like as we close up? Well, you know, they get a little older. I think, and and the more I homeschool, the more I realize how important the big picture is and know where you're going. Yeah. Because. It gives you more confidence when you know, you know what? All I got to do right now is finger paint. (laughs) You know? (laughs) I mean, it really is. I think that um, 
one of the things is that uh, you want to kind of think about is that by the time they're in, I would say, sixth grade, you want them to have a basic understanding or a, a knowledge of, of some famous paintings, be able to point out some famous ones, have a general knowledge, okay. have some basic skills, okay. like drawing skills. And, and you know what's really funny is we use Tapestry of Grace for my kids once they graduated from the preschool. I think we started in third grade with Tapestry of Grace. Okay. And they have their primer now, which they didn't have when my kids were little, so you can start even earlier. But my daughter learned some basic drawing techniques. And all I ever heard from her was like, I hate drawing and I'm no good at this. But what's really funny is that now she's 19 and suddenly drawing all kinds of things. She has the technique. She wasn't interested in it at the time. Yeah. But now she's grown and she has the technique. She understands how to draw something. And that really does go to um, there's value and exposure. And sometimes yes. we don't know how that exposure is going to pay off. How Going it's back gonna to work that out. marathon. Now, I mean, and you have a kid that's extremely artistic as well. But I would say by sixth grade, we want to have them be familiar with great artists and paintings of Western civilization. They're going to develop a love for beautiful art, just if it's around. I think as they get a little bit older, when they're in high school, they're kind of learning how to interact with art and how art relates to history and what they think about art and expressing themselves through art in in different fashions. And so that's kind of where you're going, you know, with it. But I I think we set the tone, like we've said, I think, again, just like you said at the start of this podcast, check yourself first. If you're not being creative, before you even yeah. break out the paint, one day maybe you get the paint out and you sit and just see what it feels like. Yeah. You stick your fingers in finger paint and see what it feels like. Well, and But I think that um, we set the tone for them on in every area, honestly. But art is probably one of the most important. It you, is. And your child is a soul to be nurtured. Yeah. And, and that soul, creativity, that spark of creating something... That's what makes us human. I mean, that's what makes us different from every other thing in creation is our ability to create like that. And and I think that whenever we can help our children be more human mm. on a deep level, it's the little things. A lot of times it's the little things. Absolutely. And I think that we are so... Um, utilitarian and product oriented Absolutely. that we steal humanity from our children a lot of the time because society is just so geared that way. And this is just one of those little ways where we can slow down and help our kids be more human and help us be more human and give more grace and not have expectations of this perfect thing. Refrigerator art is what I always call it. That well, refrigerator art that is typically sent home, but, you look at it and think, my kid didn't do that. You know, and I got a great story about that. Rosie, um, I think she's probably four. And she was at her classical conversations class. And they were having, like, Christmas party. And somebody brought in these little nativity scene stickers with yeah. all the characters from the nativity and the little crush and all of that. And they were supposed to put it on construction paper and, and whatnot. So 
um, the teacher told me this story afterwards, and she had been a, a really great preschool teacher in the past, and so she kind of had a little insight into little kids. And so some of the moms were in there helping, and and my kid kept smacking Mary right on top of baby Jesus. And boy, everybody just heard you smack. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. that's good. But she's smacking, she's smacking like Mary radio on top of baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have sound effects <laughs> here. Um, smacking Mary. And so this one mom who was trying to be helpful was peeling Mary off baby Jesus and handing it to Rosie and Same going, try it again, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and Rosie would smack that Mary back down on baby Jesus. And so... Her teacher said, Rosie, why does Mary want to be on baby Jesus? And yeah. she said, because she's keeping him warm with her dress. Uh, Duh, you know. Yeah, right. Don't and you know and so it's so funny because we have this idea of how it should look. And a lot of times there's some really honorable, cool things going on in their heads. Absolutely. That we don't want to shut off. I and remember when John Michael was about four. He's now 21. We were at Barnes & Noble at a, um, you know, story time. It was a Mother's Day event, and they were making these magnets for, for the refrigerator. And so all these little kids started out sitting doing these collages where they were gluing mm-hmm. items on to make a magnet for the fridge. And one by one, the moms were coming over and taking over the project. <laughs> and the kids were, like, sitting back watching the Yes, mom. absolutely. Meanwhile, John Michael is there with an entire bottle of glue, glue, I think. He never put a collage item on his. It just He glued it onto the board, just glue and more glue and more glue, and it just dripped this glue everywhere. And I saw the moms look at me like I was the worst person on the planet. I did not go over and take over and start... When that dried, it made the most beautiful art. And that hung on my fridge for years. And I saw, just as the moms were looking at it with me with judgment, all those kids were looking at John Michael longingly, wishing they could have stayed and done their own artwork. And it was amazing, the difference. Um, In just their faces, you could see how John Michael was lit up. At the, because he had permission just to explore yep. and discover and experience it. And these other kids did not. So well, I love this. I mean, it really comes back to wonder. It and, does. And building that wonder yeah. and building that curiosity. And and part of wonder is learning to stop and notice beauty and truth mm. and goodness. And, and really to recognize true beauty. Can I say something about that really quick? Because... There's a lot of really bad art out there, and we want our kids, ultimately, to, I mean, the world is pushing some really bad art at our kids, and I'm not talking about art as in paintings, but culture sure. in general. We want them to be able to recognize the beauty from the counterfeit, mm. and yeah. and our goal is for them to be able to govern themselves, self-govern, you know, when they leave our houses, and orient themselves naturally towards truth and goodness and beauty. And I think that working with them, I mean, kids are visual sensory people. And so we have to meet them where they are when they're little. They are visual and they are sensory. And, and art it's is concrete. right where we got to meet them. Yeah. Learner, so that's why they have to have their hands in on it. In their hands, yes. Yeah, before it can be in their brain. 100%. Okay, so. well, I hope moms now want to go explore, discover, let their kids see beautiful things, touch beautiful things, make beautiful things. In the bathtub. I want to encourage them to post it. I think we yes. should start a picture revolution of beautiful things and process art. So if you will just tag us. 
You can just yeah. do the homegrown preschooler. You can hashtag say yes. You can hashtag create. You can post um, on our Facebook page, the homegrown, the homegrown preschooler. preschooler. Absolutely. Or find us uh, on any social media site. We would love to see what you create. Maybe it's a beautiful meal for your family where you decorate the table and you have candles. And oh, I love that. Yes. You know what? I think the mom should. Yes. Absolutely. Not just your kid. That's what you do. But let's see your creativity and hashtag say yes. And I'm thinking, Les, this is going to come out, and in a week later, we're going to find someone to send a present to. Let's do it. We oh, have some beautiful let's necklaces Yes. And let's so pick. So we're going to pick a winner. How about this? Oh, wait. Wait, what? wait, wait, wait. Oh, we're going to do something. Wow. Yeah. What are we going to do? Let's present a mom for their creative say yes. Okay. You have to post it on our homegrown preschool or either our Instagram. Yep. Or Facebook, though, for us to be able to see it. Okay. We'll do a pick a mom, and we'll pick a kid. Okay. And we'll send them each a present. Awesome. I love it. So tag us, create, moms create, kids create, and we are going to give someone a prize. Thanks so much for listening to The Real Kathy Lee with Leslie Richards. Thank you. Did you know that I love speaking in front of a group of people? I bet you've gathered that by now. If you are looking for a speaker for your women's retreat, your homeschooling event, or an education conference, check out my site, kathyhlee.com. I would love to join you and share my wisdom, maybe some humor, and encourage the people who attend. You've been listening to The Real Kathy Lee. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschooling Radio Network. To find out more, check out therealkathylee.com. You can download us every Friday on iTunes or your favorite app to listen to the podcast. Hey, if this hot mess can rock motherhood, so can you.